Hello and welcome to Women in Retail Talks, the podcast where C-suite executive women in the retail space share their stories of professional growth, leadership development, personal journeys, and more. I'm Christina Stidham, Digital Content Director at Women in Retail Leadership Circle, a membership-based community of executive women at leading retailers and brands. This bonus episode of Women in Retail Talks features part of an interview with one of Women in Retail Leadership Circle's 2023 Top Women in Retail honorees, Carol Glazer. Carol Glazer is the Executive Vice President and Chief Merchandising Officer at Bob's Discount Furniture, one of the fastest growing omnichannel furniture retailers in the United States. You can learn more about Carol and read interviews with all of our honorees by downloading the 2023 Top Women in Retail Report. Go to womeninretail.com or click the link in the show notes of this episode. Listen in as Women in Retail Leadership Circle Editor-in-Chief Joe Keenan chats with Carol about her career growth, her role at Bob's Discount Furniture, her leadership style, and more. Let's take that first question. So as I noted, I checked uh, a little bit into your background, seeing that you've been in the furniture and home decor category uh, essentially for your entire career. Tell us a little bit about what you enjoy most about working in that uh, space. Well, what I like most about working in the home space is that it's really personal. Every single day, I get invited into someone's home, whether it's to change over their room, help furnish their their dining area, offer them space-saving solutions, um, or, or just change their color decor. It's very personal. And to me helping an individual turn the place they live into the home that they love is just it's it's an it's it's an exciting experience for me and it really motivates me yeah and uh, i would imagine coming out of the pandemic it was even more exciting because people were spending so much time at home that they were you know that you were getting that opportunity to uh, forget about probably the, the uptick in business that's something that you were you know constantly doing over the last couple of years too as well Oh heck, we we've been we've been furnishing we've been chasing inventory since the pandemic, um, I, having to shut off the supply chain and and then restart it. So it's been it's been a challenge and it's been exciting because the demand was so high, but it was a challenge because we couldn't get the goods fast enough. Yeah, I, I, it's a common theme I've heard at talking to some furniture and home decor retailers. Following up, you've been with Bob's now for uh, nearly fifteen years. It looks like so. Um, and you really have, have risen throughout the organization, starting in the divisional merchandise manager up to your current role as a chief merchandising officer and executive vice president. So tell me a little bit about Bob's. What is it about the organization um, that has made you uh, want to be there and, and grow within it? Yeah, well, well, well that, that's an easy question. I mean, the thing about Bob's is it's the people that make the company and it's the business model and, and it's the fact that we're in growth mode. To me, I'm passionate about all three. I mean, to me, it's the perfect trifecta, working with great people who are knowledgeable. They they work hard. um, They're not afraid to make mistakes. And we're all moving in the same direction, trying to build this company. To me, that's that's just it. It's just perfect. And then the business model. I mean, I don't know how familiar you are with Bob's, but our business model is so simple. I mean, we offer quality, stylish, value priced furniture available immediately for delivery every single day of the week. There's no gimmicks. We don't go on sale. We offer value every day. So when a customer comes into our store, 
they are assured that they're getting the very best price, the, the most amount of pieces of furniture that they can. And, and it's, it's just, it's a business model that you can totally rally behind. And then there's the growth. Since I've been here, we've grown this company, heck, seven times. You know, we're 164 stores, we're in 24 states, we're five warehouses, and we continue to march across the country, bringing our value proposition to as many states as possible. Heck, it's so good. It's, you know, practically is a public service. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. That, you know, you, you want to wake up each day and uh, enjoy going to work. We spend so much time at work and um, it's a whole lot better if you enjoy what you're doing. Um, when you joined the organization 15 years ago, did you foresee the the tenure that you were going to have? Like, you know, well, when you're thinking about it, like, or was this like you've, you've grown into it? Well, it's it's funny when when I was I didn't even want the job. <laughs> yeah. I interviewed. I didn't even want the job, but they hired me. And and I'm I'm very much about I need to like who I'm working for. And I interviewed with Michael Hoffman and Ted English, who used to be the former CEO of TJ Maxx. And I I just fell in love with these guys because at the end of the day, we're gonna I'm gonna work hard for you. But I really have to like who I'm working for, and I did. And I I considered coming, and I'm here. Yep. And and I saw the opportunity with the growth. I saw it then in the industry because prior to joining Bob's, I was with Levitz, and you know they didn't have such a you know, such a stellar outcome. You know they filed bankruptcy and they no longer exist. And so coming to Bob's was really I saw the opportunity, and you know it's been just a heck of a ride since I arrived here. So thinking about your current role as, as the chief merchandising officer. Um, talk a little bit about how um, that might have changed or right? it's continually evolving, particularly as uh, as the furniture space changes. You know, 10, 10 years ago, there weren't companies selling furniture online. You know, that was almost unheard of. Now that's obviously not the case. Uh, and how that kind of impacts your role and, and, and you know, the organization as a whole as well. Yeah, well, you know, the way I think about it is, you know, the merchant's role has always been to identify and bring great products to market for our customers. And, and, and that continues to be important. That is our goal. But our focus has always been on brick and mortar, how the product looks, how it feels to a customer, how they can interact with it. And, and you know, we have a lot of stores, so that continues to be vital. But what's changed is we need to be concerned with how the customer wants to interact with our products. And they might not want to come into a store. So we need to make sure that when they interact with the brand, it's seamless across all channels. So when they're online, their experience there is the same experience that they have in the store. And again, you know, creating channel assortments and, and making sure that not only is the experience seamless, but it has to be exceptional. I mean, retail's tough. You need to create that omni-channel experience for the customer, and, and that is paramount at this time. But, but the other thing that, that, that we need to do, and, and, and our job has changed a lot, is that we're very, we work very closely with e-commerce now. You know, when we buy products, we have to make sure that our vision for those products in our store is the same vision and is displayed the same way, you know, highlighting the features and benefits of the product online. So there's, there's a different level of work and detail involved because it's it's important that the customer has the same experience. Yeah, and I would think in your category, um, although you guys are on the discount side of the, the spectrum, but there's still a higher ticket item, you know, 
so the 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 synergy between the channels, and I think you probably tell me if you're seeing this behavior, is that consumers are are researching online first. Like if they want to come in, you know, they're checking out like this sofa that they might want to get, you know, Absolutely. and they're doing that. And the merchant's job to kind of position that product online, but then before they make the purchase, they want to come in, they want to sit on that sofa, they want to feel the fabric, they want to, you know, so are you seeing that as well? Yeah, I mean, research in the furniture space starts online, probably in most spaces. I mean, that that's that's for sure. But again, when they see that product online, we have to make sure that there's no disconnect between what they see online and what they see when they come into the store. And that's where we have to spend a lot of time making sure that that happens. So what do you think the opportunities, where can you, uh, whether it's grow market share or introduce new products, you know, tell us what you think the opportunities that you're targeting for uh, growth in 2023. Well, since I've been here every year, pretty much almost every year we've opened stores. Yeah. So in 2023, we are going to continue to open stores um, and probably six to 10 uh, this coming year. But more importantly than that, we're focused on our website. So we're working on a website refresh right now and relaunching our website. You know, we want, we want to make sure that it's, you know, we're going to improve the aesthetic of the website, the experience, um, make sure that they're, they're, they're shopping online for furniture is just an exceptional experience where, where it's easy. We want to be the easy button for furniture. So those are the two big initiatives we have this year, and that's going to help drive the business. And then the other thing is, is um, you know, we're everyday low price retailer. Yeah. And so, you know, right now, you know, everyone's anticipating macroeconomic headwinds. And, you know, our business model plays really well in that environment. Yeah, so I was going to say, you guys are positioned well, um, given that, um, you know, pricing environment that we're in. And then the second part of that question, Carol, is you think about yourself individually, uh, uh, professionally, as a leader, what what are the opportunities uh, to grow as a, as a professional and as a leader in, the, in 2023? Well, you know, this year I was asked to be the executive sponsor for, um, you know, our internal, you know, women's business resource group. And the more and more that I get involved in that, the more gratifying it is. So this group is, you know, it's a group of women and their allies. So, you know, we certainly welcome men. Um, <laughs> where we socialize, it's a bit of a social network, which for me, I'm able to meet a lot of other women across the organization, which I might not have been able to do. But um, we also encourage, you know, help them with professional development. And then again, raise awareness about issues relating to women. So it's really like a great resource for women. Because as you know, and particularly in the furniture industry, we're underrepresented. Yeah. I mean, I am probably the only chief merchant who's female in the industry. So just to think about that for a minute in, you know, regular furniture retail, you know, mainstream retailing. So, um, but this position I have um, as the resource group, how I see it for 2023 is, is that I want to get more involved. I want to help other women find their voice because once they find it, I want to help them use it. You know, I have four daughters and they're in the workforce and, and yes, I'm a role model to them, but it's really important for me to have them see how I can impact other women and how they can come to my office and that they can see women in leadership roles, more and more of them. And if I can help make that happen, wow. Yeah, being that's an inspiration. Yeah. yeah. So that to me, that's what I'm looking to do this year. 
Yeah, that's great. It's uh, something to be excited about, and uh, I could tell you're excited about it, and uh, and looking forward to that. So, my last question here is, um, what you believe to be an effective leader today? You know, you're leading a team of merchants. Uh, what what qualities, what traits, what are the characteristics that you try to espouse on a daily basis to to provide that? positive example and being an effective leader for your team and across, you know, the organization as well. Yeah. Well, you know, I thought about this and, you know, there's all those textbook answers about, you know, being what being a great leader is, but you know, for me, I think it's, it's most important to be authentic and, and, and it's okay to tell them if you made a mistake because they need to see that you're vulnerable and that you're not superwoman and, and that you're real. And so I try to be authentic with them. I try to lead with clarity and purpose, understand where we're going as a company, over-communicate, but always be compassionate. I mean, the other thing that I try to do is really get to know everyone on my team individually and what motivates them. Because once you unlock that, then you find out what makes them wanna jump out of bed and come into work every day and fight the good fight. Because once you can do that and bottle it, you can make them move mountains for you and, and help them move mountains. And, and to me, that is, you know, that is the, that, I guess that's the secret sauce. Has your perspective as a leader changed as we've kind of morphed into this hybrid work environment for so many companies, or maybe it hasn't like, you know, your principles were your principles and how you lead hasn't really changed. Um, well, my principles haven't changed. It's just a little more difficult you know, it's hard when everyone's not in the office because, you know, being a merchant, there's a lot of collaboration that goes on as a team. Yeah. So we need to be together. And, and I get everybody doesn't want to come into the office, but you need to be together. You need to look at samples. But the, the challenge I have with when, they're, when we're not together is that I can't gauge people's body language on a Zoom call. And I, I pay a lot of attention to that because um, I, I like to stay in tune with the way people feel and, and how, how they're thinking about things. And you can get that when you're together, you can see how they're moving, but you can't get it online. And that is a challenge for me because I want to, I, I can't gauge if someone's happy or they're not. Yep. And, and so that, 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 that to me is a big issue that I'm trying to figure out how to overcome. <laughs> because, yep. you know, I have, a, you know, I think I have a, a, you know, a strong EQ and I can really understand, I can tell if somebody's in a meeting, they're annoyed. And then I can pick them up afterwards and kind of just, you know, resolve that. But I can't if we all zoom out and, you know, I didn't know. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about Carol and read interviews with all of our honorees by downloading the 2023 Top Women in Retail report. Go to womeninretail.com or click the link in the show notes of this episode. For more information on this podcast, please check out our podcast channel page at womeninretail.com slash podcasts for show notes. Women in Retail Talks is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe on our podcast channel page as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to rate and review. To learn more about women in retail and become a member of this amazing community, visit womeninretail.com. Thanks, and until next time, this has been Women in Retail Talks.